New Year, eh? Looking forward to something spectacular. Looking forward to something like, what's this year going to hold, you know? We had that word this morning from Beck that said, you may have been promised something from the Lord and it just hasn't eventuated. But I'm here to tell you to hold on to the promise of what God has said. Hold on to the promise. Don't give up. That word, you know, like, imagine if the uh, Israelites stopped on the sixth lap of Jericho. No wars come down. Imagine so many people in the Bible that persevered in faith and just to give up at the end. And I'm telling you this, don't give up on the promises of God. And this morning, I'm going to talk about the Israelites and their journey of 40 years in the desert, waiting for the promises of God. Talking about you waiting for a couple of years. Imagine waiting 40 years for the promise of God. As soon as they left Egypt, God said to them, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to take you into the promised land. And then they just wandered around and around and around in the desert, waiting, 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 waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled. And uh, we get like that, right? So many times you can sit there and what happens when the promise is slow in coming, you start to look at yourself. You start, well, you know what? The promises of God are not fulfilled in my life because of my failures. Your failures have got nothing to do with the promises of God that he has said in his word are to be received by faith. By faith, the Bible says we receive the promises of God. And what the devil's able to do sometimes, he's able to look, you look in this new year and he, and he gets you to look at the past and say, oh, nothing's gonna, good's going to happen to you. The blessing of God is not going to come upon you because you did this, you did that, you did this, you did that. The promises of God does not depend on you, even though you try to do the right thing and you do live by faith and you want to walk upright and holy before God, but sometimes we fail. Don't let the failures of the last year or the failures in your life nullify the promises of God because the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Got nothing to do with you except for your faith in those promises, your faith in the Word of God. I'm telling you, if you look at the Israelites who roamed around 40 years, they, the Bible says they tested the Lord 10 times. Unfaithful. Some of the things that they did was crazy, but yet the promises God still stood because he promised it to Abraham. He said to Abraham, right in the beginning, he says, your generation, and, and this is Abraham living in a land that wasn't his own, and God said to Abraham, you see this land, Abraham? I'm going to give it to your descendants. And Abraham trusted God and believed, right? And then the fulfillment of that promise to Abraham happened when the Israelites crossed over the Jordan River into the promises of God. And from Abraham to to when they crossed over, they did so many bad things. They were so unfaithful. They were so no lack and sinful and they did all these things but because of the promise of God to Abraham and he said, I swear, Abraham, I swear no one greater than God. So he swears to himself and says, you know what, Abraham, you see this land, it's going to be to your descendants. And you know, Abraham, the Bible says, died in faith. He never even saw it but he believed it. 
He kept believing, saying, you know what? The promise is coming. And so for you, you've got to have that persevering faith and say, you know what, Lord? This is what you promise. So therefore, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on until I see the promise of God fulfilled because this is what you say in your word. Your word declares it. I believe it. And you are not a man that you should lie. God cannot lie. It's impossible. And so when he says something in the word, it's there for a reason. So you might be here thinking, yourself, Whoa, promises of God. The Israelites were in this place. I'm going to talk today of their journey from a place called Shittim. I won't say it the Aussie way because if we were the Aussie way, we'd say Shittim. It's not a very good way because I know, because if I say that, that's all you're going to remember of my sermon. Louis said Shittim. It's Shittim. That's how you pronounce it. I had to look it up because I thought it's very strange. So we're going to, we're going to, this is their, their journey over 40 years, their last stop. It's called Shittim. This is the plain of Shittim, right? Just beside the Jordan River. So they go through there and God puts them into this last place. This is the last stop. It's the last bus stop before the promised land. So he takes them to this place called Shittim. And so we're going to have a look this morning on what the Israelites went through in this place. These Israelites would have gone through this place. They've been there for a long time, right? It's not just where they went and overnight they stayed there quite a long time and God had to deal with some things in their lives. And so let me give you a bit of background um, of this place called Shittim. Um, So if you know your Bible, this is the place where the king of Moab, his name is Balak, right? He asks Balaam. Balaam is a prophet, not of God, but God directs his life. And this is the place where Balak says to Balaam, can you curse these people? Because God's blessing these people and they're growing in number and say, can you curse them? And Balaam says, oh, I'll go and suss out what God says. And he goes and, and God interrupts him and says, no, you cannot curse them. And he turns the curse into a blessing. And the king of Balak freaks out at the, at the old Balaam and he says, hey, I told you to curse these people and you bless them. Can I just say, in the spiritual realm, you think about this, what's happening in this event, this one event, where the enemy wants to curse Israel, but a blessing comes. Can I say to you as Christians, you are blessed. And no one can curse you. Because our God, the Bible says, that Jesus became a curse for us. No one can curse you. Just take that and the blessing of God rests upon your life because of the faith that you have in Christ, his son. And he became a curse for you. And so he turns the curse into a blessing. So this is what happens in this little place called Shittim. That's the first thing that happens. So many things happen there in Shittim. And so God changes and turns the curse that that Moab wants to. And then what happens is while they're there, Balaam, who says, I can't curse these people. So what he does, he teaches Balak and the women of the Midianites on how to entice the Israelites. So I can't curse them, 
because God wants to bless them, right? So what's typical of the way Satan works? I can't curse them, but what I can do is deceive them. What I can do is tempt them. And what I can do is when they do and when they fall into temptation, therefore it's their own thing. It's their own uh, free will that they have chosen to sin. And so what he does, he gets all the Midianite women and to seduce these Israel, Israeli men. That's what, it, that's what the Bible says. You read it, I'll read it for you in case you think I'm making it up. I'll read it for you in Revelations 2, 14, out of the Amplified Version. This so it's a long one. It says, But I have a few things against you, because you have some among you who are holding to the corrupt teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, inciting them to eat things that have been sacrificed to idols and commit acts of sexual immorality. That's what he did. And that's what they fell into. In Shittim, 25,000 people died. 25,000 people uh, of, of young adults, I would say, or more, I don't know if they were young adults, but 25,000 people died because they were enticed to do that which is wrong and God punished them for it. And so this all happened. The only reason it stopped was because this is how brazen their sin was. One dude took a Midian or a woman and walked her through the middle of the camp so imagine this is all the camp of Israelites and I've got some, I don't know, what do you call them? Woman? Prostitute? Would you call them prostitutes? You probably would. Walking right through the middle of this, all you guys and go, Pastor Louie's walking with this nice chick. What's he going to do? And he goes into his tent and you know what's going on in the tent, right? And this guy who is so zealous for God, you know what he does? He gets a spear and he runs through the tent and he puts it between both of them as they were doing the deed I know it's ruthless isn't it but it stopped the plague because God saw the zeal for his house through this guy and he stopped it but this is what's going on in this place now think about this because this place called Shittim is the place they're about to launch into the promised land so God's doing this number he's trying to get people and changing people and changing their hearts and you, like he does to us right even though we stumble and we fall yet the promises are true in our lives and he starts to deal with you in your heart and in your life tries to get away sin out of your life the desire of sin the temptation and how you fall into sin all the time God's doing a number but the promises are still there the promises is still real the promise is for you even though he's walk, working through you. The Israelites did all these things in this place called Shittim and he's still moving, he's still blessing him, he's still bringing him into the promised land. It's awesome. Our God is so good, so gracious. And so, this is what happens. So they tried to curse him. Sexual immorality. Uh, they followed the idols of, of Midianites and then all of a sudden, the Lord says to him, Count all the guys that are 20 years and over. We're going to do damage to this, these Midianites, these Moabs that have caused Israel to sin. So he gets all the men 20 years and over and he goes and they have a war with these guys and he destroys them. Gives us total victory. It's a picture of you and me filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the power of God's word. We can do damage to the kingdom of darkness. If you're not enticed... 
If you're not dragged away and enticed by sin and by the devil's schemes, then when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you're filled with power, there's nothing that can stand against you. No sin, no temptation. Because of the power of God that lives inside you. And this is a picture of it. When he, they get all up and they go, let's go and destroy this sin. Let's go and destroy these temp- tempters that they have. So that happens there. And then they fight against the Midianites. They win. Moses delivers his farewell speech. Final blessing to the people. Moses said, because God said to Moses, because of his anger, (laughs) poor guy, God takes him to the top of the mountain. He says, look, you're not going into the promised land, Moses, but he'll have a glimpse. That's painful, isn't it? It's like, you reckon that's like a sense of humor? God's got a sense of humor? Hey, just check all this out, Moses. It's pretty awesome, eh? Lakes and rivers and food and grapes and figs. Jim, figs. Um, but you can't go there. It's not for you. It's for the Israelites. So, but so Moses has this farewell speech, right? Where he tells, he tells um, the Israelites, this is what's going to happen. I'm not, I'm not going to go with you. You're going to have a new leader. Blessing of God's going to be upon your life. And he starts to talk about, so they hear all that. So here they are. And then all of a sudden, he, he, it, it's Shittim. Joshua then declares by Moses, his successor, new leader, new day, new faith, new leadership. And all of a sudden, there's, I believe, in the camp, there's a new stirring. Could this be the year could this be the year that we roll away the reproach of Egypt could this year be that which God has promised us could this year be this is the year this is the promised land it's like I can see change I can see things that are coming up I can see new things happening and they're stirred up in the camp they're going it's like you and me in the beginning of the year like come on Lord is this the year for my breakthrough is this the year that I'm going to go another level is this the year Yes! Why not? Why not? And so, and then you have this picture where Joshua then sends out these two spies to spy out the land. And so you have this, here we go again. They've done this before, right? If you know your Bible, when they sent 12 spies out and only two came back and said, yeah, we can take the land. The other 10 said, no way, mate, there's giants in that land. And so Joshua, smart leader, he thinks, okay, since only two came back with a positive, let's just send out two. Because 50-50, right, you can't get it wrong. Because if one comes back and says, that's no good, you know, and then you only got one that says yes. So he played his cards well. Two people, he sends them out, they come back and say, yes, everybody's waiting for you, Joshua. They're in fear. They're waiting for the Israelites to come. They're all talking about it in Jericho. It's pretty awesome. So he sends out the two. It's just still, they're still there in Shittim. And then it says, and then from there, God says to them, let's do it. Let's go. This is your time. And so they gather all the Israelites and from Shittim to the place called Gilgal. It's on the other side of the Jordan. They're on this side of the Jordan. And it's almost like you can see the promised land from where they were. And then all of a sudden, 
God says to Joshua, let's go. It's your time. It's your time for breakthrough. It's your time for fulfillment. It's your time for a They go across and they have this, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, like um, Indiana Jones. If you ever watched Indiana Jones, I think it's similar to that, right? It's pretty close, I tell you. When you look at it and you read your Bible, it's pretty close. They've got the angels over the top and the, the priest carries the thing and they come across to the Jordan River and it's flooded. It's flooded. So it's massive, right? And the Bible says, and as they stoop on there, all of a sudden the Bible says that God put the water, stopped the water from flowing right up the top. He stopped the water. How miraculous is that? Think about how miraculous that could be. I mean, you're talking about uh, this massive river in, in flood and there's other rivers that come inside it. And there's like, God is just so amazing, so awesome, so powerful. There's nothing God cannot do. If you think of your life and you think, oh, well, how could God do this? Listen, there is nothing impossible with God for you if you believe. He can stop a raging river upstream in a place called Adam that's where he stopped it it was right up and all of a sudden the Bible says that all of the Israelites crossed over the Jordan to the promised land and you know what he did I love this Joshua said listen while the waters are up there I want you to take 12 stones from the riverbed from the middle of the river take the 12 stones they all picked up 12 one one for each tribe walked over to the other side in Gilgal and put 12 stones there as a memorial, as a marker to remember what God has done. And let me tell you, for you next year, this is what we should be remembering. We don't remember our past. We don't remember our defeats. We don't remember our sin. Israelites never did that. You know why he put up those 12 stones? Because when they went in Gilgal and they looked across before, Shittim is over there and all they can see is the 12 stones a memorial of what God has done in the river not of their past not of their journey not of everything that's going on just that and the Bible says when you read it it says this this is how important these rocks these stones are to the Israelites listen to what it says in my car 6.5 this is out of Amplified. My people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, devised with his evil plan against Israel and what Balaam, the son of Ber, answered him, turning the curse into, the, into a blessing for Israel. Remember what the Lord did for you from Shittim to Gilgal so that you may know the righteous saving acts displaying the power of the Lord. That's what they were there for, those stones. They were there as not a reminder of your sin, not a reminder of your failures. It's a reminder of the powerful act of God that he stopped waters. You know why that is? You need to focus on the miraculous. Israel, you need to focus on who God is. I mean, what the, why does he display these wonders? Why does he stop the Red Sea? Why does he... You know, deliver Israel out of all this darkness. Why does he stop that? Because he wants us as people and Israel to not focus on that which we cannot do. He doesn't want us to focus on that which is our failures. He doesn't want us to focus on the path. He wants us to focus on a supernatural, powerful God. That's what he wants you to focus on. 
You think about your own failures and you think, and out, you, my God, your God, the God of the Bible cannot deliver you. He cannot set you free. That's a lie. It's a lie from the devil. This is why he's got these rocks up there. And so when they looked at the rocks, they go, oh, yes, I remember. This is when God delivered us. This is when his amazing right hand held that water up, the miraculous power of God. They were about to walk into the promise saying, you know what? Guess what their faith would have been like when it came to Jericho. It's exactly what they would have went. It's nothing. Our God has shut the waters up and he's going to give us this city. Can you see all of a sudden their faith is in the miraculous. Their faith is in the power of God. Where is your faith? Where's your faith? Is it in your own strength, own ability? No, no, no. That marker was for them. And do you know what? You and I have a marker. That memorial was there. You and I have one. Do you know what it is? It's a person. His name's Jesus. And do you know this whole story, it's like a shadow of what we go through, right? The Bible says that, that Jesus, I mean, his name and Joshua's name is the same. Saviour. So Joshua saved Israel and brought him into the promised land. Jesus Joshua, the saviour, has taken us out of the darkness, out of Egypt, out of the world, and has brought us into a place of blessing and a place of the promises of God. Jesus is Joshua. He's our Joshua. He's the real deal. Joshua was a shadow. He was a type of, but Jesus is the real thing. He's got you and he's taken you from darkness. This is why when the enemy comes to you and says, oh, your past is your past, and you look to him and you look to the marker, there's the cross. The cross is, you look from a distance, that's your past, but before that's the cross. And you look at the marker and you think, you know what? Jesus has destroyed every work of the enemy over my life. Jesus, the miraculous power of God, that God sent his son into the world to die on the cross. That's my marker. That's why Hebrews, we'll put that up in a sec, because Denise said it this morning, stole my scripture. Now you can steal it. Um, Hebrews 12.2, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't fix it on the past. Don't fix it on your defeats. Don't fix it on what you can and can't do. Fix it on the miraculous. Fix it on the person, Jesus, who said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is the miraculous. Guess where the miraculous lives? If you've given your life to Jesus, the miraculous lives in you. It's like now... I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. It says here, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of God, the throne of God. From the kingdom of God, he's taken, Jesus is taking you from sin to freedom. That whole journey when it says to the Israelites, remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal. I want to say to you, remember your journey. Remember for those who are Christians this morning, you've got to remember your journey. You know, sometimes we get so born again, 
such a new creation that we forgot where we were from. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not going to think about that. But it is good sometimes to think about the journey. I mean, you've crossed over from death to life. He's completely rescued you. He's completely set you free from sin. He's done all these amazing blessings. Jesus has set you free. You've got to know it. You've got to believe it. He has brought you from the desert to the promise, from unfruitfulness to fruitfulness. Because of Joshua, Jesus, our Savior. And this is why whenever... That's why the Bible so often says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Set your heart and your mind on things above. It continually tells you why. Because this is where the miracles happen. In Christ is where the miracles happen. In Christ is where freedom happens. In Christ is set free. In Him there's full of life. In Him there's joy. In Him there's peace. In Him there's strength. It's in Christ is the key. I'm telling you, you've got to get that in your spirit this morning. Because you're never going to get the promises of God unless you focus on Christ and the miraculous power of Jesus, just like the Israelites did. Even though they were unfaithful, even though they wandered and wandered and wandered, Jesus and God still set them free and gave them the promised land. For you this morning, can I just bow your heads for a second, please, this morning? And I just want to give opportunity this morning for those you might not know Jesus. And it's not a, it's so easy to receive Christ in your life this morning. It's just a prayer. It's a confession. It's a confess with your heart. The Bible says, and believe, believe, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. And this morning, I just want you to take this couple of minutes and say, you know what, Lord? I've not been, I've not had you as my saviour in my life. I want you to rescue me. I believe in you, Jesus. I confess my sin. I want to walk this new walk. I want to be in the journey from death to life. And so this morning, I'm making a declaration that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father. We thank you for those this morning that have given their lives to Christ. We thank you, Father God, for your awesome victory in our lives, your power in our lives, your love and your amazing grace. We so appreciate it, Lord, and, and we just thank you that we would continually grow in the grace of God over our lives, Father. And Lord, we just know and believe that the best is ahead of us. This year is going to be an awesome year, Father God. We thank you for your blessing and your word, and we ask in the name of Jesus for absolutely everybody here, Lord, that this year will be a fruitful year. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's stand up this morning and, and finish this meeting as we worship the Lord in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.